Welcome to TV Chinwag, where we take one part cheeky talk, two parts witty banter, and dump in a whole heaping spoonful of snark. It's TV Chinwag. Here are your hosts, Ryan and Jules. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 35 of TV Chinwag. My name is Ryan, and with me, as always, is a woman who's so synchronized, she's got me hypnotized, Jules. <laughs> Uh, Ryan, you are a chicken when you wake up. You will cross the road. Hello. <laughs> and you will watch more television. <laughs> you will watch more television. Oh, God. I don't think I can watch more television. I still do have a life, you know, like I have to uh, go to work and uh, make a little money to pay for the cable bill, you know, stuff like that. So Right. Like I don't. Um, oh yeah, no, you do, but you're on Australian time, so oh yes, you know, when yes, you're we, we get forty eight sleeping. We get forty eight hours in the day down here too. Yeah, which makes life a lot easier. Uh, um, you know what we haven't we haven't actually said in a long time is what the sh- TV Chinwag show is all about. You want to tell the viewers, the listeners, what we're all I about? I think here? you should tell them, Ryan. Okay, perfect. Welcome then to I TV can Chinwag. Learn, I can learn as well. They say that uh, every podcast is somebody's first podcast, so welcome to the podcast, listeners. We are a podcast that talks about two television shows per episode. We review the television series in a non-spoiling-like manner and tell you if you should even bother. Uh, we usually we detail the we gear the podcast to people who have never seen the series before, and uh, therefore you are free of any spoilers or anything like that. So, yeah, I suppose our aim is to give you a sense of whether it might be a show that you like. If you have watched the show, hopefully we have some incredibly erudite insights that will enhance your enjoyment or maybe convince you to stop watching that crap that you've been watching every week. Uh, We cover all genres, I think. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. We have a a very eclectic... uh, roster of shows and we do try and watch shows that either one or the other or both of us don't think we would like either and that led to some of uh, some of the shows we actually liked the most last year uh, so it's uh, us trying to push ourselves to watch stuff we wouldn't normally either because uh, it's a cornucopia of TV out there and um, some things dress themselves up as one thing and they're really another and we're there to pee. You're talking about transparent again, aren't you? <laughs> no. Well, I was thinking of the affair. Actually, that was one oh, of the. Okay. Uh, well, that it it looked like it was going to be some sort of you know soppy romancey sort of thing, and it was it was very different than that. And uh, and you and I both it was surprised how much we enjoyed it, and it won a Golden Globe Award for best drama. So we, it did. Yeah, we that's were, interesting that it won that. Actually, we never really talked about that, but. Um, we both really enjoyed it after we watched it, although we didn't really talk about the ending of the series, and I I wonder if you were still on board with it all the way through the series. Uh, I haven't watched the finale yet. I've got two the last two episodes to watch, so um, I was busy catching up on our new series, So, um, it, but I will go back and watch it, and I've managed to remain unspoiled, so don't spoil me now. Okay. Let me know what you think. Uh, we might we might do a little uh, we might do an episode or a, a segment a, anyway of um, some series that you know we watch the beginning of and and whether our feelings change towards the end or not because sometimes that happens sometimes you get a run on and you watch the first you know 
half of a series and then you drift off. I think that something that happened. That'd be dreadful. <laughs> Hardly sees Penny Dreadful. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a few shows like that, so that might be interesting to do. Um, the other thing I thought I'm going to start doing is an in memoriam, uh, births and deaths, new shows coming up that may be on our roster at some point, and also shows that we have reviewed that aren't coming back, either sadly or gleefully. Um, I wanted to start with a show that we reviewed very early on when we started doing TV Chinwag. Um, that I think we we both enjoyed and uh, and I particularly loved, which was the British series in the flesh. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and look, anytime someone can take a you know a genre or a trope that you think's been done haha to death, she said, um, mm-hmm. in entendre intended, and and give a new twist to it and and do something really different should be applauded. In the flesh, uh, briefly looked at what happened when uh, after a zombie op- uprising, when they worked out how to make zombies back, basically rehabilitate them into personhood, and the mm-hmm. lead character uh, in this BBC show was uh, a young gay man who had killed himself and then comes back and returns to his village. Uh, Two seasons of it, I thought it was really original and and, um, it was entertaining, uh, funny and quite moving. Uh, And it's been cancelled and replaced with a zombie reality show where contestants will be locked in an abandoned shopping centre and other people dressed as zombies will attack them. So, yay BBC, glad to see you're replacing quality drama with some reality crap. Well, whoa, 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 whoa! Let's not. Let's not. No, let's judge. Let's. That could be one of our favorite shows. Again, have you learned nothing from TV Chinwag? Yes, it's. Don't judge a show by its name. Only judge it after you hear us talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> I'm going to prejudge this. Right. <laughs> I'm totally um, prejudging this. So that's well, really I don't sad. Know. I, I I liked In the Flesh. I thought it was. I thought it was good. I mean, you can go back and listen to our episode. I'm quite sure I thought it was good. I'm not terribly shocked that it got cancelled, and I think, um, you know, the landscape for British shows is so shallow that they there's not a lot of room for shows that are just getting by, I think. Um, yeah, that's too bad. It's, it's too bad. I know there's a lot, a lot, a lot of fans out there of In the Flesh show. Yes. I know because I see them on Tumblr all the time, and and I've had a number of tweets from people uh, when there was a campaign to try and get yeah. uh, season three. Look, there was only six episodes per season. I mean, this was a very you know very short. Um, unfortunately, hasn't been. You know, I had some hope that it might maybe Netflix or someone might pick it up um, for another season. But if you haven't, do go back and watch the first two uh, seasons of uh, the twelve episodes of In the Flesh. You will thank us. Um, a birth, um, and look, it's not often that there's TV news that sneaks up on me and I was <laughs> not aware of it, um, but there is NBC is producing a mini series called The Slap, 
uh, which includes people like uh, Zach Quinto and I think Mark Ruffalo. Um, now, The Slap is actually based on an Australian book, which was made into a miniseries over here, the book called The Slap um, by Australian writer Christos Chalkus. It was one of those books about four or five years, four years ago now, I think, maybe five years. Um, it was one of those books that everyone read, uh, set in the inner city, um, sort of lefty neighbourhood, uh, sort of extended family and friends and uh, set around um, a barbecue one day and one of the characters slaps someone else's child and it's sort of the, the ripple effect of, of what that does to the relationships and mm. um, uh, exposes a lot of, uh, as often happens in these things, things that were going on that people didn't know about. Uh, so I'm really interested to see how um, it goes being adapted for NBC. Interested it's on a broadcast network, not a cable um, station. Uh, I thought it was a very Australian um, show. One of the reasons I think it was so popular was it captured sort of a slice of society often not seen on, on TV and, and or in books. Uh, so really interested it's been picked up uh, and... Yeah, I'll be interested to see what um, Americans make of the American version of this story. So I'm sure we'll put that on our roster at some point. And we've been hearing lots of uh, snippets about uh, casting and what was going to happen in season two of Fargo. And I think uh, I can easily say, Ryan, that uh, Fargo was one of our favourite series last year. Absolutely, yeah, loved it. And so we'd already heard that um, the story was going to be set earlier in time and focus on um, the Keith Carradine character, um, Lou Solverson, from um, from season one. So it was going to go back to when he was a, a young man of uh, in his early 30s, just returned from the Vietnam War, and uh, he was going to... Uh, it's going to take place around, um, I think it's uh, South Dakota, and um, he he referred to in the in the current story, uh, uh, the current the first season, um, that there was a a mob war, if you like, that took place that he got caught up in, and um, the added bit that we've just found out is that uh, it takes place during one of um, Ronald Reagan's early. Uh, campaigns in which uh, he's travelling through the Midwest and Lou gets assigned to his detail. So it's actually going to feature Ronald Reagan. So anyway, I'm just gobbling up anything I can find about Fargo at the moment. So I'm even more intrigued and interested as to what it's going to do. And do you think they'll have Keith Carradine playing his younger self? No, I don't think so. No, I think Hmm. that we'll have a a new Lou Solverson. and um, they're apparently casting for Ronald Reagan at the moment. Interesting, hey? Yes. Oh, I'm fascinated. I'm just, yeah, it's, I'm very excited and uh, um, can't wait to see what they do. Very cool. Yeah, I can't wait to see that either. I really liked the first one. Um, if it's the same people, same writing, I, I think it'll be good. Yep. Um, you know, although it's hard to beat... Uh, it's hard to be the guys that they had, so we'll see. I, I I'll watch it. Whatever. I don't. You know, if, if it has that kind of quality, good. Good on them. Uh, the other the other show that there's been lots of uh, about a million uh, rumours about is True Detective, but I'm going to leave that till we actually find out something. <laughs> it's had about seventy yeah. people cast in it so far, so uh, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> 
Uh, but on to what are we going to talk about this week? We're going to talk about two shows that are kind of different, although one of them could actually be in the other one, I think. Um, the first <laughs> one that we're going to talk about is a British series um, that comes from, well, Netflix here, but uh, Channel 4 in the UK, and that's a series called Black Mirror. Tales from Charlie Brooker, Black Mirror, starts December 4th on 4. Now, Black Mirror is a... It's similar to The Twilight Zone in that it's an anthology of different stories that sort of revolve around a central theme. Um, unfortunately, I'm being the lazy person that I am, I've only seen the first season, which is three episodes. But... I kind of am savoring every single episode yes. I can watch. I don't want to see them all. I don't want it to be over. I want to take my time and really enjoy everything there is to enjoy about them. They are future, uh, dystopian sort of future so far in the first season. I don't know if that changes, where they all take place in the not-too-distant future, but certainly a future that's similar to where we are right now. Uh, technology takes us a, a little further. And the technology really feels like the central theme to all of these. You know, the how we are going to be slaves to our technology. Um, as if we're not already. Well, I think that's... Uh, uh, and I think one of the taglines for the, the series originally was that, you know, it's set five minutes in our future. So right. all the technology they use is... There's nothing really that's not imaginable or certainly that we don't already have a version of. So most of it you can easily imagine it coming out in the near in the near future. Uh even though all the worlds so each each episode is set in a different you know, they're not linked in any way other than thematically. Um and what they're looking at yes is how the interactions between society, technology, uh the black mirror of the of the title is is uh, was explained is explained uh, by the um, showrunner at one point as it's the black mirror that's in every every room of your house and in your pocket and in your bag. It's that blank black screen that we that we all have everywhere. So wow. it's it's literally the mirror, but you know, of us looking at the technology and it looking back at us. <laughs> and it's disturbing. Yes. Uh, so it's an anthology series. There's been – actually first came out in 2011. Um, and the reason it's been sort of talked about and getting more – and getting airtime now is I think it aired on 
might have been on Hulu last year in the States. It's an English series, obviously, um, and it's on Netflix now. So that's sort of uh, the first three episodes came out in 11, the second three in 13, and there was a Christmas special um, starring John Hamm, uh, he of Mad Men, Don Draper, um, in uh, at the end of last year, so in, uh, in December 2014. Uh, They're calling that season three. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Seems a bit short, but okay. <laughs> uh, I haven't heard what the what the future is, but obviously, I think uh, possibly with the casting of John Hamm in the in that episode, maybe they're they're sort of making entrees into uh, some sort of co production in in America. Um, so every episode is an anthology series where uh, if you think Twilight Zone, each story is is separate and self contained. Um, what what are you loving about it, Ryan? Um, I mean, it's it's got that really edgy, new, adventurous clinic. You know, like a going out and trying new things feel to it. All the directing and the acting and stuff, and you see this in a lot more British shows than you do American shows. But you know, a lot of really experimental stuff, like camera angles, and you know, what if we. What if we got a camera right up your nose and we're looking, you know, that sort of stuff that you would never see in American TV or very rarely do you see. Uh, they seem to be okay with trying in, in Britain and this is the kind of vehicle where that stuff is is awesome. Um, the second episode that I saw was the um, 10 million credits. Is that what yes, it is? 20 million yep. credits? 15 million merits. Um, just blew my damn mind. And that was Iris Lynn that directed that. And I am now become the biggest Iris Lynn <laughs> fan that there is. Um, just a, a beautiful, well done, gorgeous looking and, and, and creepy and not creepy as in like spooky, scary, but creepy as in, yes, you could definitely see that as our future. Um, and, and just so, so well done. So fucking well done. If you like anything to do with film, like if you're a real <laughs> film buff, yeah. um, this is the sort of thing you should be watching because there's some really interesting, unique stuff. This is the kind of stuff you would expect to see if you went to a film festival. Yep. And you would sit down and watch movies. These are the kind of things that you're going to see. Um, they're almost all written by Charlie Brooker. Yes. Who wrote, went through them all, except for... The entire history of you, which was the third episode, mm -hmm. if you remember to be able I do. to rewind. That was written by Jesse Armstrong, and actually, the script or idea was optioned by Robert Downey Jr. to make into a Hollywood mm. feature. Which would be interesting. I wonder if they could do it as dark as uh, the actual uh, episode is. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, it's interesting you talk about the cinematography in them because it's such an integral part. Of the of actually taking you into these worlds and these telling these stories because for every episode you're just dropped into a scenario in this in in one of right. these worlds. There's no setup. There's no exposition. There's no someone explaining to you how the economy works or why these people in so the second episode why are these people all all in a room riding bikes or you. There's no uh, none of that. So the story has to be 
told through the amazing writing and through the visuals of it. It has to take you into, has to make you feel, is this a good situation or a bad situation? Is this, uh, you know, who are these people? Uh, As well as, you know, I think, and I think we've touched on in in past um, podcasts, you know, there's a challenge to portraying the use of technology on screen. And and I think we talked about how uh, Sherlock has, has uh, the British Sherlock has done that, um, mm. uh, you know, with uh, text on screen and things like that. And that's a challenge in and of itself. And each of these episodes uses some form of technology, social media, all that, you know, it might be reality TV, it might be... Um, you know, the way we personally use computing um, differently. And so to then be able to portray that realistically, I think, is, um, uh, you know, is a, is a challenge. And to do it, as you know, as you said, with these most incredible visuals. You know, the, I don't know how much the episodes cost. The production values are incredible. The, to, oh, to be well, able yeah. to create these route. worlds. And sometimes it's not... Like that, uh, the last one in the first season, um, it, it basically set in a house, a couple of houses, but still it right. just looks uh, incredible. The acting is is all wonderful, but, yeah, it's really the storytelling, the ability. And anyone, I suppose, who reads short stories would really – because that's what a short story does. It You get dropped into the middle of a world uh, to be told some tale in a very succinct Way and you may not know right. everything about that world, but it has to be believable and support that story, you know, for what it's telling. And and particularly in this situation where there's, uh, you know, futuristic elements to that story, so you don't quite know what's going on in the rest of the world. Is it the, the first episode, for example, could take place today? Sure. It's it's absolutely there's nothing in that episode that isn't uh, today's politics, technology, and world. Yeah, even though it was it was created in 2011, I wonder how close we were in 2011. I don't really remember four years ago, but it seems closer today. That episode, like you're saying, the things that happened in that episode could happen today without any change in technology. Yep. Interesting. Uh, and yeah, that's five minutes in our future, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing, I mean, I love about it is how much it makes you think because it is the technology we use. It is our entertainment. Um, it's looking at, but you know, the social and political uses of these things, how we change, how it changes us, we change it. Um, plus some of them have quite... Um, of what the hell's going on. There's an episode in the second right. season called White Bear where you're with the very much the point of view of the central character who's these strange things are happening around her and you're on that journey and it, it's, you know, edge of the seat stuff and it's it's wonderful um, to be taken there. And I've watched the whole series probably three times now. Um uh, and you would think because they're often stories with a twist that once you know the twist or the ending, it won't have the same impact the second time. But what mm-hmm. I've found is going back, you actually 
because you know the world, then you can concentrate on other aspects of the story because you're not sort of um, playing catch up and, and working out what's going on. You actually can uh, read the story on a different level, like the 15 million credits one. I mean, that I can just watch again and again and again, and it does not lose its does not lose its punch. Uh, in, mm-hmm. in fact, it just yeah, it's that the ending of that is just. I don't even know that I have a word for the emotion <laughs> that that yeah, provoked yeah. in me. Um, some of them are quite confronting. Um, the first, I, I usually, when I give, uh, if I recommend it to someone, I always say start with the second episode. The first episode yeah. is very confronting. Um, uh, uh, the first episode is fantastic, but it sets up a expectation that you're continuing on a longer story when in fact you're not yes and also that uh that everything might be of that same flavor um mm-hmm. so just without giving anything away it's very sexually explicit and it involves no a- it's not it's very sexual manipulative but i wouldn't say explicit I think the, you don't see any sex. No, you don't. But I think it gets yeah. close enough to conjuring up disturbing images for people. Oh, oh, god! Yes, yeah, it'll yes. conjure up disturbing yeah, images. Yes, oh, it's yeah. the subject matter, not the actually what you see. And not that it's not a, this rapey or anything. No, like no, that, no. But it's, uh, it's, well, it's good. It's good. Yeah. It's good. But wow. but it is uh, it is something that could you could watch and think I'm not watching six episodes like this of that. Um, yeah. but and it's not the same. It's still good. Oh, it's, it's amazing. And and that's what actually yeah. hooked me into it because I'm like, oh, me my too. God, if this series is bold enough to do yeah. to take that premise and run with it yeah. to where it took it, then yeah. I am on board because that's the thing is these are confronting ideas as well. Yeah. Um, these are, uh, are pushing you into uncomfortable places about our own role. As I mean, here we are talking about television every week and it's about our role as viewers in – television our viewers on our own lives how we use social media which you and i use quite a little bit don't we um mm. so yeah it, it it's not always comfortable viewing because it is uh you know in some ways ac- accusing us of um you know often in, as i think we do engaging um with uh, social media technology without thought in in terms of its implications or, you know, being a passive consumer. Mm-hmm. Very passive consumer. Well, I'm just thinking about the second episode and I, uh, I used to watch TV doing that same sort of thing, which I probably should get back to, but it's just... Um, you know, on a on a bicycle, oh. on a stationary bicycle, uh, it just kind of makes me laugh when I think about it. But uh, I suppose I shouldn't. Um, and actually, the third episode you alluded to in in that series, which is really about, uh, you know, it's about relationships, and you could almost take the technology out of it, and it's a metaphor for any relationship about how we yeah. drag up the past and how you yeah. know we demand explanations and we demand that as you and I often talk about, you know, with the shows that we've been watching, that um, everyone has their own point of view on what's happened and their own reasons and rationalisation, and this puts technology into that and, um, uh, you know, takes it to a, you know, a, it's logical if scary end point. Uh, and if we're... 
I think we're, we're both avoiding talking about the specifics of any of the episodes because really discovering what's going on is half the joy of watching these episodes. So yes, um, exactly. you really don't want to be, you know, spoilt beyond the broadest um, uh, the broadest ideas of what, what they're like. If, if you say to anyone, have you seen the one about the Prime Minister, they'll know what you're talking about yeah, <laughs> or the exactly. one on the bikes. Um, yeah. So the second season again it's all they're very there's no shift in terms of they're very similar and and the the Christmas episode with um uh have you seen that the Christmas episode I haven't no okay I haven't seen well it yet, but... I I I highly recommend that as well and that um um I'll look for anyone who's on it, it's uh, I'll say that the heart of that is sort of a myst- a mystery uh, a crime mystery um, but it has a mm-hmm. devastating punch about um, uh, oh you know yes as as many of them do about personal relationships in it and John Ham is just um, just wonderful. Um, yes, uh, that's interesting. I can't wait to see them actually, but at the same time, I don't want to speed through them. That's the other thing. I relish every episode that I get to watch because it's it's really a lesson in good filmmaking. I think uh, as well, good writing, good filmmaking. And and look, I'd I'd really say watch it and make sure you've got friends who've watched it because it is the sort of thing you can sit around and talk about um, because lots of it is well, what would I do in that situation? Would I have deleted that or would I do you know uh, there's an episode in the second season around grief and um, what we do in in the throes of grief when we're you know the the pain of loss is so so intense and and I think that's a you know it's a what what would I do what if scenario that you know you can talk about and think about a lot uh, and I think that's you know that there's not a lot of television I think that um, yeah there's more but not a lot pushes you, you know, to really examine our world in a way that's not didactic. Uh, some of it's not its not setting up to say technology's bad. Um, in fact, in most of them, it's the people who are bad. The technology's neutral, if you like. So I think yeah. that's the interesting thing. This is not some rant against the evils of technology and you should all get off Facebook and Twitter immediately. Um you know, you spend too much time on your phone. It's not like that. So don't think it's going to be like that. It is about exactly as you said, we're already in a space where uh, this is so, so part, so much part of our life. Um, and in fact, I was having a discussion the other day about one thing that we're not seeing on film and TV at the moment. Is that always represented? Because if it was, you would see more characters looking at their phone more often, being on Twitter yeah. and Facebook more often. Uh, you know, that just hasn't become integrated into the fabric of uh, storytelling. Um, and part of it, I think, is that the challenge of p- portraying it. But the fact that you can be sitting with a group of people and, you know, everyone can also be checking social media and, you know, it's a different way we relate these days. And I think that's... You know, it's a. It hasn't seeped its way through storytelling yet. I always have this thing I tell people when people get all shitty about people who are texting and facebooking and stuff while having a conversation. And I say, you know, you see it as one person being antisocial in a group of people, but in reality, that person could be having six or seven different conversations going at one time mm. with people all over the world. Mm. 
you don't know what's going on with them. You don't know, you know, that they're discussing at the same time as you discussing the movie you just watched. They're also talking about, you know, someone in Australia who is watching a TV show or someone who in England who's, you know, contemplating suicide or somebody in America who got a new job or had a new baby. I mean, these are all conversations that they could be having at any given time. And you know, people look down on them like they're being antisocial. It's a different, really, as you said, yeah, necessarily the case. Yeah, I think that's a really, really good way of putting it, and and it, that it's a different way of relating. It's no different than if you're in a group of people and sort of having conversation, different conversations with two people at once. Um, right. I, I suppose I, I I really notice it because I have a lot of my my social group are like me, and it's not frowned on to to have your phone out to be you know, checking Twitter or to be texting or to to whatever, that's an accept it's not seen as I'm being rude to you and ignoring you. It's just seen as, you know, multitasking, if you like. And yeah. it's part of and it often, you know, the conversation I was out to lunch with people yesterday and, you know, we'd be doing that and the conversation would then start to include the people that they might be talking to online and they would come into our conversation in a way. And um, uh, it certainly wasn't about disconnecting. I think that's a really good point you make. It's about connecting in, you know, different different ways. It's not that I don't want to talk to the people I'm with. It's what I've got all these other connections that are happening um, in different media as well. And I think uh, Black Mirror really captures that, um, as I said, in a way that we're still not seeing, you know, certainly on, on... mainstream tv and movies yeah yeah exactly and that's why black mirror is great so check it out do check do 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 please check it out look you won't you'll you'll be (laughs) everyone i know who's watched it raves about it but maybe that's because i've got really smart friends who listen to what i tell them have you do you know a lot of people who've seen it ryan saying it's sort of a new over there um geez you know not not a whole ton no Mm. i I don't know hoping i'm hoping Um, now it's on netflix that uh you know it will get more people discovering it but it's 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 a bit of a word of mouth thing i think um it's not necessarily unless you sort of know what the premise is and that you may not um you may not dive into it, and I do hope that um, having done the Christmas special, that it's a sign that there's more, um, many more episodes to come. I would think so. Yep, yeah, I would think so. Uh, what is the other television show that we will be watching? Um, it's the Librarians. <laughs> magic to the world, all sorts of odd things are waking up. Minotaurs, haunted houses, Santa Claus. Santa is real? Yes! The world needs heroes that fight by the book. Never gonna get used to that. I know, right? The Librarians, all new, Sundays at 8 on TNT. (laughs) So Jules, what is The Librarian? Well, you may remember um, a few years ago there was, I think they were made for TV movies. There was a series of movies called The Librarian Singular. Um, 
And they starred Noah Wiley, who people, uh, at the time, people mainly knew from ER. Uh, since then, he's also been on the summer series Falling Skies that has aliens and giant robots. Um, right. Although it was a bit sucky in the last season. Um, and the, the, the premise is that there's this um, place called the library where um, magical artefacts from out history are, are stored and looked after and into every generation there will be someone who becomes the librarian who's the uh, custodian and guardian of these powerful magical objects. That's about about it, I think. Right. Um, and they were fun, sort of uh, Indiana Jones-ish type um, romps, so uh, Noah Wiley uh, gets recruited or is chosen for this position, and you know things, you know, like King, Ar- you know, Excalibur gets stolen by a group of um, ninjas uh, who want it for their nefarious purposes, and Noah Wiley has to go on uh, adventures and there's a swashbuckling type adventures to uh, gotcha. retrieve the artifact. Um, now that's that those series of movies were actually made by Dean Devlin who, um, after those TV movies, went on to make uh, the TV... No, sorry, were they, were they TV movies? I think, they, I think they did screen at the cinema, but they also... They, they also they, I think they screened on, in, the, in the US on TV. Did they? Okay, I, don't, I didn't know. I mean, I assume they'd eventually be on TV, but I didn't know that that's what they were. Well, they're listed on... Um, we, I, they're listed as made for TV. S- I think I had seen the first one and maybe the second one um and i quite liked them i thought they were really kind of well done they were a little indiana jones and, yeah um you know they were they were good but i didn't remember them being super campy um look they were, i suppose you With, would say they were light um they were lighter than indiana jones which is saying something they had mm-hmm. a good energy about them i thought i would remember being quite um uh, you know, I liked the premise, uh, which at the time was quite original. The, this idea of, you know, that magical, a whole lot of um, objects and that throughout history were powerful because they were magical. They may not be things you immediately think of, like Excalibur is magical. It might be Abraham Lincoln's hat had magical right. powers or something like that. So I, I liked that and I liked the idea of a library sort of being at the middle of this 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 world. Um, so, yeah, Dean Devlin, who made the movies, then went on um, with uh, John Rogers to do the – it's not a million miles away sort of adventure series – Grift, uh, about a group of grifters called Leverage. So that was a series starring – um, Timothy Hutton, Elders Hodge, Christian Kane, amongst others, as um, a, a sort of a group of guys who, uh, oh, and there's a female character, uh, who scam people for good. So they were like, uh, if someone had been ripped off by an insurance company, they would set up some big scam and get the person's money back for them or their artwork or their whatever. So they were yeah. do-gooder criminals. Um, and that ran for about five years, I think. And it, um, it was, you know, moderate, moderately successful. And then they've mm-hmm. gone on now to produce a TV series called The Librarians based on those movies uh, for TNT as well. Um, what did you think of the librarians? Well, I watched the first two episodes, I think. Um, it was fine. It was okay. It was, you know, a little like, um, 
Warehouse 13, I think, was so, something sort of similar, where they have a big stash of magical things. Um, I, I think it's too bad Noah Wiley isn't the main character of these shows. Um, he leaves after the first episode and leaves uh, Rebecca Romaine in charge. Um, some it, really fun people. John Larroquette is in this. Where's that guy been? Um, <laughs> Jane Curtin is in here. Fantastic. Love her. Um, Matt Frewer is in there. We love our Matt Frewer. We love. Don't we? And Bob Newhart. Bob Newhart, whom you adore. I adore. And he was also in the movies as well. R- right. Uh, Lindy Booth is in here, with, whom was on Supernatural uh, last season, season before, two, season eight. Um, you know, so they, they, they have the people. I think they have the budget. It certainly looks decent. Like it's, it's, you know, they put a lot of money into it. Visual effects could use a little work, but I'm a bit biased in that regard. Um, <laughs> they certainly have a broad story to tell. There's definitely lots of places they could go with it. However, <laughs> did I enjoy it? Um, it's okay. It's okay. I, I, it's not groundbreaking. It's not changing the world. It's not changing the scope of television. It's, it's, it's no fine. Black it's, Mirror. <laughs> no. Uh, if it were on, you know, the kids' channel, YTV, YTV in the States uh, or in Canada, uh, this would be a, a great hit. I don't know. I, I don't know if it's made for people who are over the age of 20. I feel like it's just kind of like a kids' show. Yeah, it reminded um, it reminded me of back in the back in the day, um, many many eons ago. Su- Sunday night in Australia um, used to be used to be a Disneyland on um, yes, same, Disney same here, show. Exactly. Yeah, on on Sunday night and yeah, that magical was, world of Disney. Yes, right? and so it would show Disney, wonderful world Disney, Disney movies yeah. or series or cartoons or whatever. And it reminded me of yeah. that. And there's certainly that light sense of sort of you know adventure and 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 fun about it. But I just think it's a bit too light. Um, yeah. uh, Noah Wiley, actually, you'd be pleased to know, does reappear in a couple of episodes, but I think it definitely um, uh, suffers from not having him there at the centre. Having watched him in um, uh, Falling Skies, in which he plays also the lead and, and quite a serious role in a post-apocalyptic world, uh, it was nice to see him back, you know, uh, in a lighter role again. Um but look, you know, it maybe because it comes after Warehouse Thirteen, which I actually did watch, uh, which is again a similar premise of a warehouse full of magical artifacts, but had very strong characters. Goods, you know, the weekly artifact hunt of the week was was were always very inventive, um, and, and a little bit of a history lesson as well. Often, um, really original characters and, and character dynamics whereas this all feels a little bit um cookie cutter um christian kane uh, who plays uh as always he plays a redneck from oklahoma who's really actually really really smart um he played exactly the same character in <laughs> leverage what did he put? Oh, really? Yeah, Is that right? Yeah, he played exactly the same character in 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 Leverage. He always plays an uh, an Oklahoma redneck who people underestimate, but he's actually really clever. Um, and his main skill. So in 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 Leverage, his main skill he was like the muscle, and he's basically in the librarians. He's the muscle, although he's also he's the one who can whip out the 
soldering iron or whatever, but he's also got mm-hmm. a genius IQ. And I can tell you at some point in the future, Christian Kane will ride a horse and play the guitar because he always does. Um, yeah, look, it just it just it feels like there's some old scripts from Leverage here getting you know rebadged. It 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 just doesn't feel like anyone thinks this is going to be. Uh, a bit careless, maybe is that the word? Just doesn't feel like there's a lot of care being. Doesn't feel like the people making it really believe in it. That might be a bit harsh. Yeah, because <laughs> um, they've done, as you said, yeah. John Larroquette. I will watch him in most things. Bat Frewer. Um, there, you know, there's there's some good ideas in it, but it just, I think it feels too light for me to care about the characters. Maybe that's it. Um, yeah, it's a little too campy. Um, the camp just takes away from the, I don't know, the, the danger or the the stakes, you know. Um, when you get a little bit too campy, you don't really worry that somebody's going to die because they don't really feel like real people. Well, maybe that, I mean, I think maybe it's either you've got to go one way or the other. So if it was going to be sort of a, a lighter, as you said, maybe more a kid's show, that's fine. But then it has to have even more of this energy. It has to be a bit funnier, a bit more maybe slapsticky or something like that. Um, whereas I, I just think this wants to have a little bit more emotional resonance to it, but it's just not set the foundation for that. So, mm-hmm. uh, and, and look, you know, the movies didn't either, but I think they played the line better. There was enough there. And and again, I think Noah Wiley sold that you cared about, you know, his character who starts off as a sort of a, a feckless guy who's obviously, who's got 400 degrees but has never done anything with his life. And, you know, he grows to take on responsibility at the library and, and you know, accept the mantle of the, as the chosen one. There's enough there that you, it anchored the, the centre of those movies for what they were, whereas this is a little... Yeah, some somewhere not quite one creature or the other, maybe. But look, it is the sort of show, if you like it, if you enjoy it, um, you can dip back in probably at any time and watch an episode and it's going to pass 40 minutes of your life without hurting you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah I'm, exactly. Uh, you know, I'm sure it'll probably run for, you know, a few seasons. Uh, it's easy watching. Uh, it, it, you, the kids can watch it. Um if the kids are going to like it, I don't know what kids like these days. But um, <laughs> I don't know what are the kids watching these days, Ryan? Maybe we should ask, tell you. ask someone. Tell you. <laughs> I have to stay away from kids at all times. Oh. <laughs> just joking. I just don't like them. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, neither of us are experts on what kids are watching, but um, yeah, I don't know that even this would. Um, maybe young, you know, maybe if you're eight, ten, something. It's that sort of, you know, it's got a bit of flash about it, but I don't know. It, I don't know if it could be anything more than it is, and I don't know if it needs to be anything more than it is. Maybe it's just that it's not what I want to watch. Um, maybe, yeah. Maybe it, it needs to take itself a little bit more serious. Or a little less serious. One of the two. I'd almost like to see it go. Um, so Warehouse 13 was a sci-fi series, um, so I'm not. I'm not um, damning sci-fi, but maybe if it it picked up on a bit more of the sci-fi sort of silliness, Sharknado type silliness, 
pushed the boundaries a bit that way. Um, as I said, probably some broader humour or, you know, more of the humour, um, then, you know, maybe that would make it a bit more of a romp. Whereas, yeah, and I don't need everything to be more serious. I do like to have some things that are silly in my life. I've got you, but not much else. Um <laughs> Thank you. How far did you get in the series? Did you have you seen them all? Uh, no, I watched the first three and then I dipped in again at sort of episode seven or something. Okay. So it doesn't. It watch the first episode. It, uh, other than you get less Noah Wiley as it goes on. Obviously, uh, it doesn't change. Basically, you'll know. If, yeah. You'll know if it's your sort of romp after after the first episode. What do you think of Rebecca Romain? She's fine. Yeah. <laughs> look, yeah. yeah. So I, I mean, well. look, all the cast are, are um, fine, um, but none of them have a lot to do. You know, it's hardly a stretch. Um, yeah, mm. I'd like to see Rebe- yeah. Rebecca remain in something else. Um, I would like to see her in last. Does that make sense? <laughs> is that a rude? <laughs> is that a rude comment? Well, I don't think it's that rude. I think it's lovely, but <laughs> she might think it's rude. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree. So you know what? Me, if unless you really love John Larroquette, who I do, or Jane Curtin, and want to see them in something, or aren't super depressed by seeing a really, really, really old um, Bob Newhart, um, Bob Newhart. <laughs> Uh, who looks like they had to prop him up to get him yeah, to, the, to say his Yeah, yes, the, the, and he sort of appears in a mirror most of the time, so uh, <laughs> the, it's a little, slightly disturbing, but I'll I'll take my bob anyway. I can get my bob. Um, uh, or you want to see Matt Furrer do a really great evil guy, uh, then check it out. Yeah, again, look, I reckon if you had a really bad flu, like one of those ones where mm-hmm. you can barely think and you're just on the couch right. with your chicken soup and you need some distraction but you can't, you know, you don't want anything heavy and you can't think very much. This is, and I'm not, this is, you know, we need TV like this. Do you know what show that, in that situation, the last show that I watched when I was really sick with the flu? No. Hawaii Five-O. Oh, the, the new or old. <laughs> Yes, the new one. Yeah, no, no, same. same. <laughs> That's the only thing. I, the only time I've seen it is when I was feverishly sick. Exactly. So there is a role for that sort of television. Um, so go do it. Yeah. But if you'd rather use your time more wisely, go watch Black Mirror because that's some groundbreaking television versus, yeah, yeah. Soft, softer television. Yeah, you've seen... You know, and this is a little bit... Um, I have to admit, I'm a little bit disappointed because this was one of those TNT shows. Remember we talked about TNT way back yes. in the early episodes? About all the great stuff yep. they were coming out with and all the stuff that we wanted to watch? This is one that was high on the list, and I'm not I'm not sold on it. It's it's fine, but, I, I, I you know, I'm kind of disappointed. Um, we should go back to that list and see what else was on there. Yeah, I think... Um... Yeah, I, I don't know. As I said, I don't know what else I want it to be, uh, except I do miss Warehouse 13. You like that show? <laughs> I mean, Look, Warehouse 13 was that sort of show for me, a light show where I was engaged enough with the characters. The stories of the week were well, generally really well executed, so they did have the sort of, you know, artifacts which would be, uh, you know, Jane Austen's 
pen or um, Fred Astaire's shoe or something. Uh, and they there were, you know, good characters and great actors in it that um, I, I was engaged. So, yes, I did uh, enjoy that. But there was, as I said, there was an, it was better than this. Um, and it was generally generally light, but it it had a good enough foundation that it could have the occasional moments or episodes that were, you know, more emotional. And it, it had great fun playing with genre. Look, it, it did like a whole episode as like a um, an 80s video game and, you know, it, it played around a lot. It didn't take itself seriously and, and um, it was a lot of fun. I, I think I just wanted the librarians to be better enough that would uh, it would fill that spot for me and just not quite good enough. Great. Gotcha. Well, there you go, folks. There's another episode of TV Chinwag saving your precious, precious time by telling you meh or yee. <laughs> we don't like to use full words. It's, we it's should, too we should do a quick you know, review of uh, 20 episodes in one podcast where we just go meh, yay. Uh. <laughs> I used to have that. I used to have a, 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 a YouTube channel called One Second Reviews. Wow. And I would review a movie in one second by saying, eh, or move. <laughs> are they still on YouTube? Uh, they are. I bet you if you look up one second reviews, oh, okay. I bet you they're still on there somewhere. I think I did maybe 10 or so. Fantastic. Because uh, the editing took too long. <laughs> <laughs> the editing of one second reviews took too long. Oh, I love it. It took too long, yeah. <laughs> uh, so there you go folks thanks for stopping by thanks again for listening to this podcast if you like the podcast do us a favor all you have to do is just tell a friend hey friend you trust my taste you trust my advice friend you should listen to the TV Chinwag podcast and then they'll say to you I, I don't understand this technology stuff I don't understand how to listen to a podcast you say here's what you do you go on the internet, you go to tvchinwag.com, and then you can just play it right there. It's simple as pie. You hit play, and it starts playing, and next thing you know, you're a technophile. <laughs> uh, please listen, please enjoy, give us a review, uh, tweet us at, at tvchinwag, or catch us at tvchinwag.com, our pseudo website on Tumblr. Tumblr. Everybody loves Tumblr. <laughs> and we'll be back next week with even more TV. Uh, oh, actually, we won't be in that next week, Jules, because I think we're going to start doing every two weeks. Remember we talked about that? It, it will, it will only seem a like week. a week. Um, no, it'll feel like actually it'll okay. feel like two we'll weeks. We'll be back soon. How's that? Yeah, that sounds good. What are we reviewing in the next episode, do you know? No, I don't, but it'll be amazing. Gallivant, I think, uh, and Agent Carter? Uh, we could. I, I had some uh, lighter comedy stuff. I had uh, well, uh, that, Shit's Gallivant, Creek and James the Virgin. G Gallivant and Agent Carter are pretty light. Are they? Oh, good. It's going <laughs> to we'll, be some light episodes coming up. We'll be working out what we're going to watch, uh, and we'll get and we will. I think the fans appreciate it when we work that out right on the podcast. Do you? They think they like us uh -huh. workshopping that. Why don't you tweet us? Tell us whether you, what you want us to review next. We may pay attention to great. you or not. That would be fun. I'd be fine with that. 
Thank you, Jules. Thanks once again for stopping by and for doing all the talking. You can never shut me up. You should know that by now. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, please consider giving us a review on iTunes. Send mail to fans at tvchinwag.com or follow on Twitter at tvchinwag. Music for this podcast provided by YouTube Music. For Ryan, Jules, and myself, thanks for listening to TV Chinwag.